0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Friday, February the 12th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. I'm honored because you tuned in. Thank you. Today, February 12th, 1973, Operation Homecoming began the first release of American prisoners of war from Vietnam. That was important, but a very troublesome time in our nation. Today in 1809, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th President of the United States, was born in a log cabin in Hardin County. It's now LaRue County, Kentucky. Today in 1909, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People was founded, NAACP. Today in 1914, groundbreaking took place at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. A year later, on this same date, the cornerstone was laid. It's a beautiful Beautiful memorial, as you know. Today in 1924, George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue premiered in New York. I love that Rhapsody. I love the music from that. Gershwin himself played the piano with George Whitfield's, I think it was George Whitfield's orchestra. Today in 1959, the redesigned Lincoln Penny, with an image of the Lincoln Memorial replacing the two ears of wheat on the reverse side, went into circulation. You don't see many pennies. You don't see much cash anymore. We've gone to credit cards. Be a lot better if we just put tattoos on our arm and put all of our data in a little chip. I'm kidding. That's where a lot of people in this world are headed right now. The scientists, the elite, the progressives. They said, why do, why do we need cash? You lose it. It's, it has germs on it, whatever, but um, they're advocating, there's a group of people advocating on behalf of science, quote unquote, that we really need each of us to be self-identified and that can be easily done with just a little procedure and all of your personal information is there, your bank accounts, the whole deal. Well, I think most biblical Christians know where that leads, but anyway, I digress. The Lincoln penny was redesigned and put in circulation today in 1959. Today in 1999, the Senate voted to acquit President Bill Clinton of perjury and obstruction of justice. Today in 2000, Hall of Fame football coach Tom Landry, I mentioned him because he influenced so many people, not only the pro athletes that played under him, he was coach for a number of years of Dallas Cowboys. They won five Super Bowls back in his day. He was an unbending, uncompromising Christian. He was a gentleman. He was success personified in his, in his uh, profession. And uh, he influenced lives far beyond a football field, I can tell you, by the books he wrote and the speeches he gave. I heard him give a moving talk one day about the lordship of Jesus Christ. And I still remember it well. He was 75 years old, died today in 2000. One year ago today, Pope Francis, in an eagerly awaited document, didn't say what a lot of people were hoping he would say. He declined to approve the ordination of married men to address a priest shortage. In this case, it was specifically, it had to do with the Amazon region of the world, but many thought that could be a kind of a, Turnaround around for the Catholic Church and they could start having married priests. That didn't happen. Sometimes expectations are not met. But expectations are always met when we turn to the Word of God. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them, that do evil. And who is he that will harm you, if he be followers of that which is good? That reminds me, talking about Abraham Lincoln, the penny, his birth, and so on. <clears throat> and of course, President's Day is coming up here. But you know, you know, people have not changed a lot over the years. You look back through history, and that's why we take a kind of a look back over our shoulder every day before we get into what's happening at the moment in our culture from a biblical perspective. But I remember there it was often quoted but as our nation was heading into the civil war a woman asked Abraham Lincoln. He was giving a speech and she asked him. She said Mr. Lincoln, she said, "Do you do you really believe that god is on our side and he looked at her didn't bat an eye didn't hesitate and he said that's not important he said what's important is for us to know that we're on god's side i think that could be repeated today by a president somewhere but it won't be it won't be quoted by this president i'm sure he's deeply religious but not so spiritual when it comes to God's will and God's ways regarding humanity, whether it has to do with human sexuality, marriage, the family model, the sanctity of life, it doesn't matter. It's all being trampled under the feet of a devoutly religious leader. That's where we are in our country today. The The religious left are, are, are celebrating Joe Biden as president, he represents what they see as America. That's their image of America. The The Washington Post, Jeff Bezos' newspaper, and by the way, he you know he's stepping down as the um, as the CEO of of his company of Amazon, and he's putting a guy in place that's kind of a shadow of him, as as he should. It's his company he started it. But the reason that Bezos said the other day he was doing this is he wants to spend more time on uh, space travel. And he's in, deeply involved in that and a couple of other issues. But he said he wants to be more involved with other projects, including the Washington Post that he owns. By I took that to mean, and I think, I think that would be true, he wants to get more involved and use it as a tool to influence people to his way of thinking, to his progressivism and far left ideology. So we see that coming, but that's already pretty much in place as Peter Mansow, who is the curator of American uh, uh, religion and history at the Smithsonian. He wrote an op-ed for Jeff Bezos newspaper. It was published uh, actually yesterday. And he begins with this. And I, I'm not going to read a lot of it, but I want to give you the tone <clears throat> of what I'm talking about today. He begins with with this um, op-ed. He says, Ten weeks before the election and four months before then-President Donald Trump summoned his supporters to Washington and called on them to, quote, walk down Pennsylvania Avenue to the U.S. Capitol, where they staged a brutal and chaotic insurrection, one of the staunchest allies set for an interview, the Capitol visible behind him. There was no sign yet of the fury that would soon overtake its dome, but evangelical leader Franklin Graham painted a harrowing picture of a battle on the horizon. He continues, What would happen, the Christian Broadcasting Network's Dave Brody asked, if Trump lost? Graham's reply stated plainly the stakes as he saw them. I'm just asking that God would spare this country for another four years to give us a little bit more time to do the work before us before the storm hits. Now, Franklin was talking about, as you know, he was talking about reaching people for Jesus Christ. That's what he's about, and that's what evangelicals are about, leading people to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And yes, by the way, we are the most, the most social-oriented group on the face of the earth evangelicals do more to help people in need than any other single group on the planet. But that's never mentioned by these people on the left. But nonetheless, I back to what he was saying. Franklin said, I'm just asking God that he would spare this country for another four years to give us a little bit more time to do the work before the storm hits. They're quoting Franklin. Franklin continued, quote, I believe the storm is coming. You're going to see Christians attacked. You're going to see churches closed. You're going to see a real hatred expressed toward people of faith. That's coming, Graham said of Trump. God has put before us our task. And he said, we, on the chopping block, so to speak, he said, on the the block, Western civilization is on the block as we have known it. The newspaper, Baso's Washington Post, and it's a significant newspaper. A little later in the article, this writer, who is well-known in elite, quote-unquote, circles, said, while Trump may have incited the riot at the Capitol that led to his second impeachment, many of his followers already had all the encouragement they needed. They believed God wanted them to do this. This is the insurrection, the people that stormed the Capitol. That's the way the world, the secular progressives, the media in America, is framing Christianity, evangelical Christianity. Not all Christianity, just evangelical, biblical Christianity. It's interesting because they take some scripture, some principles, and they distort them to support a leftist view that isn't scriptural, isn't biblical at all. Adam Taylor is the president of Jim Wallace's Christian Left Sojourners Organization. Jim Wallace repeatedly says publicly, we are not the Christian left. We are not the Christian left. Yes, they are. They represent everything that the Christian left says they believe. He is the champion of the Christian left. But he likes to identify himself and his hundreds of thousands of followers and supporters. He likes to identify himself as a champion of social justice. Well, he is that too, as they define social justice. But they are the the engine of the religious left, the Christian left. But Adam Taylor is the president of this organization now. Jim Wallace says, stepped aside, but he's still very, very much involved. Adam Taylor would be his replacement, hand-picked replacement. They're lamenting that much of what is going on in the Senate this week would have been unnecessary had evangelicals been honest, been honest Christians. They're siding with, in in a parallel narrative, they're siding with the Washington Post and the New York Times and most of the news media across the country and around the world, for that matter, in a letter yesterday, he outlined, this Adam Taylor, who now runs the Sojourners, he outlined what happens when conservative Christians and their media peddle lies. Not only is our nation deeply divided politically, but the Christian church in America is also deeply divided. And Taylor sets out to affirm that. I'm not going to cover all that he wrote. It's a long letter. But I think it gives us a, a, a kind of a picture, a snapshot of, where, of what's going on out there, particularly in the Christian community or so-called Christian community. Our nation is deeply divided politically, but it's deeply divided spiritually as well. Taylor says, well, calling for healing, and he does several times. He calls Franklin Graham, the 700 Club. Dave Brody is with the 700 Club was reading was leading that interview that I just mentioned that was covered in the Washington Post. But this guy Taylor says he calls Franklin Graham, the 700 Club, and Brody, and other evangelicals, Tony Perkins and some others, liars. He said they're liars. Yesterday, the Sojourners published his letter. There's are several hundred thousand subscribers. He says history has its eyes on the Senate this week as it conducts the impeachment trial of former President Donald J. Trump on the charge of inciting insurrection. He says, after viewing the videos, which are jarring to watch, of course they are, They've been, they were edited down, and it was a bad thing, it was a wrong thing. That isn't God's will that we stormed the Capitol, it doesn't matter who they were, who they voted for, or whatever. Although, <laughs> looking at the arrest cases that have been made, the people that were arrested <clears throat> out of that, and I was just going over who they really were, I don't have time to get into that today, but I will tell you, they do not, and they do not say that they represent any kind of a Christian motive or Christian agenda. But anyway, Taylor goes on and he says, there is damning evidence that Trump was directly responsible for inciting the criminal actions. And he thinks the videos, Taylor, should be shown in every, I'm quoting him now, shown in every high school civics class, maybe even to adults in every church. Well, because of the impact of it, I mean, it's it's horrific. But it's just like, and I'm not minimizing it, not one bit. But it's just, like, <clears throat> excuse me. It's it's just like what's been going on in the streets of our cities for the last year. It's the same thing. I'm not making an equivalent. I'm just saying. <clears throat> It's the same kind of breaking glass, burning, looting, whatever. This was an extension of what's been going on for the last year. And what's been going on for the last year has been not only tolerated by the left, it's been applauded by the left. And we've talked about that a lot on this program. Of course, Taylor would want everyone in America to see the edited versions of the worst of the worst of the worst of what happened at the Capitol. And what happened there was bad. I personally denounce that. That isn't right. And if there were Christians involved in doing that stuff, they were wrong. They need to repent of it and not do that. But it wasn't the people that have been arrested so far. I've looked at who they were. I mean, it's accessible. Anybody can do it if you take the time. They didn't even claim any kind of a Christian mission. They were people that had 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 all kinds of financial problems, legal problems in the past, personal, domestic issues, all of that kind of thing, at least so far. But they're, they're putting all of this and they're wrapping it up in a special little package that's called the Christian right. And if you're not Christian left, if you claim any kind of spirituality, then you are by default the Christian right, particularly if you do something bad. <laughs> you're the Christian right. So he wants to show these videos to everyone in America, every church, every civics class. I think the problem with that is that I don't even know if schools have civic classes anymore. I think they just have sensitivity training. They don't really want to get into history unless it's been completely revised. Taylor says, we as Christians cannot separate the siege at the Capitol from the big lie promulgated by former President Trump and his enablers before and after the election that the election was stolen. Oh, so that's what the, the the main thing is. He calls that idea, that idea, he said, if you suggested that the election had fraud, he said that is a lie that's rooted in our nation's original sin of white supremacy. And that's what he's accusing Franklin Graham, Tony Perkins and others, 700 Club, He said, this lie has not gone away with the new administration, thanks to Trump's co-conspirators and the silence of far too many within the church. It spread. In fact, he says, over 70% of Republican voters still believe the election was stolen. He said, none of this could have happened if Christians and the Christian media would have spoken out against the lie, but instead, they embraced the lie. Speaking of the Christian left, Taylor says all of this could have been avoided. More prominent conservative Christian leaders and Christian media could have spoken out against the lie and reported the truth. Instead, he says, many of them fanned the flames that led to this tragedy. He, too, mentions Franklin Graham in his letter. He and the Washington Post are on the same page. He doesn't get into a lot of the enablers who fanned the flames, but he gets into some of them. He said Franklin Graham and Tony Perkins had both signed a letter in December that stated, there is no doubt President Donald J. Trump is the lawful winner of the presidential election. Well, a lot of people believe that, and there's an abundance of evidence out there. It's just that the press won't cover it. I mean, there really is. Pat Robertson and his 700 Club are also bothersome to the religious left, into this guy, Taylor. Taylor quoted Robertson, and Pat Robertson does say things like this often, maybe too often sometimes, but he does. I mean, he expresses himself. I know Pat. I've known him for a long time. I haven't been around him in recent years, but I knew him in the past pretty well. But he says, we must declare that God Almighty is not going to let this great nation of ours be taken over by fraud. The Lord himself will intervene before this country turns into something socialist. Well, that's very offensive to Taylor and the left. He says Robertson's Christian Broadcasting Network claimed that Trump won by millions of votes. He said Dove TV, that's a TV channel that's associated with the Evangelical Association in some way, I think. It used to be when I was involved in all of that stuff. I don't know about now, but it's out there. But he said on Dove TV, he said they aired a segment the morning after the Capitol insurrection with a right-wing conspiracy theorist who praised the restraint of the insurrectionists. Well, the theorist was a conservative professor at a Christian college. Taylor notes in his letter that the Fox News has fired Lou Dobbs and is facing a lawsuit for its egregious election lies. And we, the religious left, should also be holding Christian media that likewise peddled dangerous disinformation to account. So what is the big lie? I mean, if you can get to the bottom of this, what is it? Well, the big lie seems to be that some believe that there was fraud in the presidential election. I don't know. He's never really clear on the big lie, but I think that's what he keeps coming back to that. It's the consequences that are bothersome to Taylor, though. He says, if not dealt with properly, the big lie will continue to infect our churches and our body politic mutating into even more efforts to restrict the sacred right to vote, targeting communities of color and other vulnerable voters under the guise of preventing voter fraud. So the evangelicals, the conservative Christians, are working under the guise of preventing fraud, but we're really trying to suppress people of color and the poor. I can't tell you how offensive that is to me. I'm sure I've spent as many days of my life on foreign soil helping suppressed people, both here in the United States, and this isn't about me, but I got to tell you, that's so offensive to me, I wish I could speak to him on the one hand, but on the other, not so much. But the big lie seems to be anything that doesn't match up with the beliefs and the non-beliefs of the religious left. They have become the arbiters in their minds of what is right and wrong. And that's what's wrong with the religious left. They look into what is happening in the culture. They do. I'm not specifically, for the record, just in case, I'm not specifically accusing Taylor. I'm talking about the religious left, the Christian left, collectively. May that be on the record. But some professing evangelicals are working to change the minds when it comes to same-sex marriage and religious liberty and big government and even the sanctity of life itself. Their success has been modest, but they've noticeably made inroads into evangelical churches, on-campus ministries, even Christian universities. I've spoken about Seattle Pacific University. I was assistant to the president there, special assistant at one time. I have a connection there. But boy, that university over the years has changed dramatically. It's pathetic. And it's much like many of the others. The Christian left is trying to creep in, quietly championing a distorted version of the gospel that's more consistent with the political liberalism that they have embraced than it is the truth of scripture that God has given us, infallible scripture. The Christian left promotes its political agenda by undermining the authority of the Bible. They do. They would deny that, but they do. Once the lines of truth are blurred, confused young evangelicals start trying to reconcile their faith with same-sex marriage, transgenderism, tax-funded, taxpayer-funded abortions, Anti-Israel sentiments, I mean, feminism, pacifism, socialism, you name it, the nanny state, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The danger of this distorted liberal theology is that it breaks down the moral values outlined in Scripture. So they start with what is, and then they try to adapt that to Scripture to that, and that becomes their worldview, and that's the problem. It isn't about Trump. It's not about, even about an insurrection at the Capitol. That's a horrible thing. And it's a big deal with Trump and all of that. I, I mean, for sure. But good grief, we're not talking about that. Trump will come and go. Every politician on Capitol Hill will come and go. We all have our time on this earth until the coming of the Lord. But I got to tell you, these people are, these people are straining, straining over a gnat and swallowing the camel. They're, they're dead wrong in what they're saying, and I don't know if it's just all-out attempt to mislead, or if they themselves are so misled, they don't know the difference. But what they're talking about isn't biblical, it doesn't square up with God, and it doesn't matter how many poor people they help, you've got to begin with the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, and who God is, and the authority of his word, and then you build your worldview and your works from that position. And that makes everything work correctly, because that's the way God planned it. It's not because it's my idea, it's because it's God's idea. And the more we try to bring our lives in conformity with God and his word and his principles and his teaching and his word to us, inspired word to us, the better our lives will run. And that's why there's so much chaos today. But that's why so many people are being misled. The left undermines the authority of of the Word of God. The Christian left concocts its own kind of a cafeteria-style or buffet-style Christianity. They take parts of the Bible out of context, so it fits their own liberal political activism, and then they accuse the right, the Christian right, conservative Christian right, of doing what they're doing. And yet, for the most part, evangelicals, failing, and sinning daily. We're broken people. But we're trying to serve God in the way that His Word outlines to us to serve Him. Oh, there's so much more that I could say about this. It's deep in my heart, i got to tell you, because it is the great delusion of our time. It's in the church. It's not. It's not in the legislature or the Congress. It begins in the church. It begins in the heart of the believer. We'll probably continue on this theme some in the coming days because that's what's really happening in this trial, in this thing that's going on. It's gonna wrap up quickly because Trump's people now are making their case today, and I don't think they're gonna make a long case because Trump is not going to be not going to be indicted. He's going to be acquitted by the Senate. As graphic and horrible as those pictures are, the truth of the matter is he did not incite that. And a lot of Republicans know it, and they have the courage to stand up and vote that way. So that's what's going to happen, I would guess. I'll I'll be shocked if it doesn't. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. Have a good weekend. Remember the greatest love story ever told. It's Valentine's Day this weekend. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for your support. I'll see you right here.